Welcome back, everybody, and a hippie. Uh, well, when is this going to be out? So today is Friday. We're taping this, so this is going to be out Sunday. So happy Sunday to everybody who's watching. Now, um, uh, I have a distinct pleasure of welcoming somebody to the program whose work I am not as familiar with. So it'll be a great discovery for me and for you. Uh, please welcome a very talented actor, somebody who is seen on Ozark uh, as a you know regular character. Are you regular or recurring, Kevin? Uh, guest star recurring, yeah. Guest star recurring, yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, somebody who's on all three seasons, and we're going to find out more about him, Kevin L. Johnson. <laughs> thanks for having me, Alan. Uh, it's it's my pleasure, and uh, thanks to uh, to Pop Alternative for uh, for making the connection. Appreciate that, Pete. Good man. Um, so what I wanted to uh, to kind of uh, do is before we we get into the Ozark, uh, which I have not uh, watched Ozark, I'm uh, certainly familiar with it. A lot of my friends watch the show, so they're going to be happy to see you. Uh, but I found uh, in my background uh, kind of research, I found a lot of uh, uh, interesting things that I want to bring up. So um, you went to you went to college, and you kind of had the um, you know double major, but initially you were a computer science major, um, which I love because I'm a computer science. Uh, you know, I didn't major in computer science, but my whole career has been in computer science. So I, I definitely want to ask you some questions about that of, you know, why computer science? What was your focus? And, uh, you know, do you still kind of uh, tinker and do you still do any programming? Um, so, <laughs> so when I went into college, I went in as a uh, computer science major. Um, right. And then I changed to an English major because, <laughs> man, like computer science was a little more difficult than I guess. I thought it was going to be. I mean, I should have. I mean, I liked video games in high school, so I thought, oh well, yeah, that's cool. I'll make video games. Yeah, I mean, I like playing video games. How hard can it be to make a video game, right? Mm -hmm. No, it's. Uh, I mean, it's people who can, you know, code and algorithms and all that. You know, more power to you. That stuff is not easy at all. Uh, I took. I think I got past my first semester in computer science and just and I was like, wow, that's the that's the intro in my college uh, <laughs> to computer science. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to do this. So <laughs> I had to switch, man. I really did. I couldn't help it. I get you. So, um, yeah, I, I remember my, you know, my first foray into uh, into computing because I started out with your uh, kind of minor in advertising. So that was that was my major, uh, and uh, like halfway through schooling, uh, I'm in Chicago, so I went to DePaul, and halfway through schooling, I I was uh, working as a um, I was working as a recruiter for a friend of mine who ran an IT uh, consulting firm and a staffing firm. So I was placing all these people in IT positions, and you know this was well almost 20 years ago. So I, I remember distinctly kind of uh, looking up and seeing what the salary was going to be with my you know degree in uh, in advertising from DePaul uh when I would graduate and I was going to be making 24,000 a year and by that time I was placing all of these people into IT positions which basically was starting out in the mid 40s and uh, with a little bit of experience people were in the 60s and 70s and 80s and I was kind of torn because I never wanted to go into IT it was not my thing but that's where the money was and then the friend uh who's a friend family friend 
I walked in on his conversation with my parents and my parents were asking him, you know, what should uh, Alan be doing? And he basically said, and I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm either quoting or I'm really close. He said, if Alan had any brains in six months, he'd be making, you know, 60,000 a year. I said, you know what? Fuck you. So I went, I changed my major. I went to DeVry and I switched to uh, computing. And then in the first class, we're doing mainframe programming and, you know, uh, COBOL and CIS, uh, CICS, I don't remember anymore. And I'm thinking, what the hell did I get myself into? I do remember, uh, like in high school, when I took computer science, uh, we, I mean, visual basics, I remember visual basics. Yep. And, and then in college, it was C++. I'm almost yeah. positive. Yep. So I don't think I got to. I don't think we got to COBOL. Um, had COBOL been around? Like I graduated in uh, uh, 2007. Wait, yeah, 2007. So mm -hmm. I was in college in the, like you know the early 2000s. Um, so I don't know if COBOL is COBOL new. Okay, no, so, no, it's, it's not. Old, it's the mainframe systems, the the big systems. That was the COBOL. Oh. Uh, and, you know, <clears throat> remember year 2000 when everybody thought that, you know, the, our world is going to end and all the computer systems are going to shut down because mm -hmm. it was two digit years instead of the four digit years. So yeah. COBOL was uh, the whole kind of mainframe and all of the languages uh, that came along with it. They were using that in order to go and change the, uh, the systems. So at DeVry, it was really kind of big focus on COBOL and all of the other languages. So I didn't even get to, you know, Visual Basic and C++. Visual Basic I took outside of it. So I kind of, I dove into IT. I, I regretted it pretty much immediately. And then I continued working. And then I took uh, some courses in Visual Basic and Oracle, got a job as a SQL Server uh, developer. And that's how my career kind of started. And then I went back to DePaul and finished with a BA degree uh, from, you know, School of New Learning. So, and then, I've been trying to get out of IT ever since, but <laughs> like like Al Pacino says, it just bring keep bringing me back in because uh, it pays. And you know, I, it's it, it's one of those things where I, I I would start a business and then the business would fail. You know, September 11th helped me get out of my first business, and then you have debt. You have to repay the debt. How are you going to repay the debt? Well, I have to go back into IT and I have to do it. So like over and over and over and. I mean, God bless IT. It's it, it allowed me um, to have a career and make a, a good sum of money after losing it. Uh, but it was never something that I wanted to do, and I mm -hmm. still didn't get out of it. So uh, I, I found your foray into it humorous, and then you know, minor in advertising, which was my major. So I thought that was pretty cool. Nice. Yeah, advertising uh, was my minor when I got into English. And I thought that was, you know, that would be a creative, um, you know, kind of job. And then I just got into acting through, like, just to try something different. Yeah. And it just, and here I am. I know. And that's that's the cool part. Uh, I'm glad that you you gave it a chance, right? You saw that play and then you said, okay, that's that's cool. I want to try that. And you get into it. And then the other part that kind of blew me away as, as somebody who loves singing and is not good at it, you're like, well, I don't know if I can sing. Let's try it. Oh, yeah, I'm pretty good. I'm like, 
man, that's not fair. I've been wanting and trying to sing all my life, and I have a I have actually a pretty wide range, but it's like it's like uh, Swiss cheese. There are a lot of holes through it, <laughs> so. I, I wanted to do musicals, but I couldn't because, you know, of those holes. So, like, my acting thing was, as a kid, I was acting, and I knew that I was going to be an actor, and this is my passion and, uh, you know, the goal of my life. Then we immigrated. Uh, my parents said, you're not going to be an actor. One of your, uh, one of the guys that you admire, Dustin Hoffman, uh, was one of the guys I grew up admiring, and my parents actually referenced him. They said, well, you have Dustin Hoffman's nose, but not his talent. I said, thank you. <laughs> so I, I I kept on trying, you know, all my my whole life to get out of IT and get back into acting. And then last, you know, four years now, uh, I finally gave myself an opportunity to pursue it. And that's where, you know, my acting career kind of uh, launched. But I'm still doing IT because it still pays the bills and acting does not as you know, until you you get on uh, onto you know some shows. Otherwise, it's a lot of uh, you know short films and uh, and uh, quick roles and mm -hmm. good, but it, it doesn't provide for a uh, a stable living. Right. Yeah. You got to have a you got to have a side hustle, as as I call it. Um, yeah. Everybody calls it a side hustle, but <laughs> I use that term a lot. Uh, so I would. I mean, whether it was waiting tables or uh, or Ubering recently is what I was doing until the pandemic hit. Um, and luckily, I haven't had to Uber since I got, you know, I, I was working on a project mm -hmm. before everything shut down. And unfortunately, I can't talk about it still. But uh, but that paycheck has definitely helped. And then you know, I didn't burn through all the money that I made in season three, which was good. So that's nice. yeah, so it's been yeah, so it's uh during this pandemic I haven't had to really worry about money, which has been a blessing because I know a lot of people aren't in that situation. Absolutely. No, and that's that's good, but it also kind of you know, um just based on what you said, it seemed like <clears throat> you were still doing uh you know, Ubering and side hustling while you were on uh, on Ozark in season one and maybe mm -hmm. even season two. So that's uh, that's the reality check that I, I really want people to understand that you're on a hit show, you're on Netflix. I mean, you're not a regular, but you're you're a recurring guest star. So it's a, it's a <laughs> fingers crossed. Off. You never know. <laughs> uh, and you still you still have to uh, you still have to do other things as an actor to support yourself. So thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, let's let's get to Ozark because uh, you get a chance to work with um, again. While I'm not familiar with it in terms of the the plot and storylines, uh, aside from you know the the main ones, uh, I know the actors that are in it, and mm -hmm. uh, you get to work with one of my favorite actresses of all time, Laura Linney. And, you know, looking at your demo reel, looking at, you know, I think you've done a lot of work with her on season one uh, specifically. What was that like? Because I know that uh, you grew up, uh, you know, admiring uh, Laura's work. What was the the first uh, time when you had to be in a scene together? Was, were there any butterflies that were, <laughs> that were going in Kevin's stomach? Oh, yeah. Um, well, I got some of the butterflies out. Uh when we did the table read in season one. So that's where I got to meet Jason and Laura and Julia. Um, and then 
our first scene, Lauren, I did, uh, was my first scene in the show where she shows up at my, uh, at my real estate office. And, you know, uh, there's a little, she thinks something is going on. Uh, cause she starts hearing like these moaning noises and then she just sees me rock, you know, my head comes back and obviously she thinks, um, uh, you know, I'm getting something yep. from somebody and, yep. and you find out that it's my dog licking my, uh, licking my toes. I have, I put peanut butter on my toes. So, you know, it keeps, it keeps me awake. And that was the whole, that was Sam's intro into the show. Uh, Great. But yeah, she's total sweetheart, mm. just a kick-ass actress. Uh, like, you know, she's done it all, and that's uh, she's a national treasure, as I call her, <laughs> or Laura fucking Lenny. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Um, in terms of uh, again, kind of the the pure acting approach, uh, when you're in a scene with somebody that strong. Uh, does it, uh, is there any intimidation or by that point, hopefully you're so kind of ingrained in your character that you can just play and not observe yourself and try to keep up? Um, I think it's, I mean, I'm sure, you know, there's some intimidation that kind of like hides with inside you. I mean, you know, it's Laura Lenny or it's Jason Bateman, you know, that you're, that you're acting opposite. Uh, but also it, you know, the better they are, the better, you know, the more I bring it. So like, it's, it's like a sport, you know, it's, uh, it's game time, you know, that camera starts rolling and, you know, you gotta, you gotta be on your A game because you also don't want to slow down production. Uh, so a little, I mean, if you're not nervous when you go into a scene, then, then, uh, I mean, you got to have a little nerves. I mean, because mm. if you go in like, oh, yeah, let's do this. Cool. Uh, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's not the same. I think you got to have a little, a little nerves is good. Yeah. Keeps you on, and, your, keeps you on your toes. Yeah. And, and what's your approach in terms of, uh, in terms of acting? Uh, me personally, I, I, you know, I tend to kind of gravitate to uh, to Meisner just because it allows me to get out of my head and get into the other person's eyes. And then I can just be, you know, whatever it comes, right? You know, I, I, I read their body language. I see, you know, how they're reacting, you know, where we're positioned. And then I can just, you know, play off of that. So it makes it easier for me. What What's your approach? Yeah, I mean, I like Meisner. Um, I've a... Uh... I've taken classes with the same guy uh, ever since I became a professional actor and he's very much about uh, like personal objectives. Uh, Lon Bumgarner is his name. Awesome. Awesome guy. Took uh, when I lived in Charlotte, I took classes with him and now he, he does classes here in Atlanta as well. Um, Obviously nobody can take classes right now because of the pandemic. It's unfortunate. Um, but yeah, so I'm all about personal objectives. Uh, but you know, you need to know the fictional objective as well yeah. in the scene. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's I'm trying to describe how to like uh, like I try to do as little as possible. Yeah. Um, 
you know, like less is more kind of deal. Um, and acting opposite Laura and Jason and Julia, um, it's easy to come up with personal objectives because, uh, you know, it's just, I mean, Sam is kind of naive uh, in the show. Um, and uh, it's kind of easy to, to just use those personal objectives um, because they kind of mix with the fictional when it comes to Sam. Cause Sam is a lot, Sam is a lot like me, uh, you know, to a certain, certain degree, I guess, <laughs> without giving anything away. He's, he's a nice guy. He's a little naive. Kevin mm-hmm. can be that, um, you know, but you got to be aware of your faults. So, you know, yeah and again probably more on the introverted side uh yeah. which is more like you as well so mm-hmm. yeah that makes sense um watching your reel i saw uh you know it's there is there is an energy uh, there was no kind of flightiness uh, about your work it was very grounded it was uh, the best way i could describe it it was it was deep you were you were really kind of just there and you were you and that presence was uh, was emanating so i liked that uh quite a bit so i was trying to immediately kind of go as like okay so what's what's his approach how does he get into that space and that's where yeah. some of the questions are you know coming from i gotta i gotta thank lon for that like uh I've, i learned a lot from uh from taking classes with him over the last man over 10 years off and on so yeah it's it's definitely helped it like doing doing scenes in his class um if you can do even half of what he gets you to in mm-hmm. class and bring that to set you're already you're already like uh you know where you need to be kind of you know nice and yeah. um what were some of the uh, i guess the the key things that you can share based on you know what lan is uh, is teaching you that you know, other actors can try to, uh, try to replicate. Um, well, I mean, he's very big, you know, Meisner, Stanislavski, mm-hmm. uh, Eric Morris is a good one. He, he, he really, uh, gravitates towards him. A lot of his, uh, techniques come from him. Um, but like he kind of combines those into his own like, uh, mm-hmm. thing. Um, he's big into, um, strategies, obstacles objectives um so obstacle is a big thing uh i guess so an example where i used his i mean i use the technique all the time but uh like the scene that you see in on my reel which is one of my favorite scenes still in the show where i confront jason or wendy and marty yep and want my money back um that was uh i just recently uh gone through a breakup so Hmm. i used that you know as my uh as my obstacle um because it was i mean it's not always great to use something fresh but i needed something that would uh that i could latch on to quick so i was like all right i'm just gonna ride the dragon and i'm gonna go (laughs) i'm gonna go with what what i can use right now in the moment so um yeah. yeah 
so referencing your your own experiences and using them in a sub, substitution way uh, to kind of get to that emotional state? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yes. do you find that, you know, talking about that scene, uh, which which was really cool, and, um, you know, you threw in, uh, in one of your interviews, you were saying that the please at the end was not scripted. That was that was yours. I think that was, uh, you know, we, we talk buttons, but uh, that, that was a great button. I love that one. Yeah, I thought um, it just kind of came out. So it's yeah. <laughs> because I was because I was talking to Jason and Laura and mm -hmm. I just said I just I just dropped the F bomb on them. And I'm and yeah. Kevin's like, please, you know, <laughs> had to put it on the end and it just and it worked. It it really did. Um, but using uh, going back for a second and using the <clears throat> your own personal experience uh, and to get on that dragon, do you find that it uh, you're able to write it take after take after take, or does it kind of uh, you know wane? Uh, I think it it stuck around during that uh, mm. during that scene. Yeah. Um, like it's you just kind of go to a place, uh, you know, before they roll, before they say, you know, action. You're just kind of, you just try to get there and and see what happens. Um, I still have a problem, uh, like crying on on, mm -hmm. you know, on cue and things like that. But I was talking to Laura while we were driving uh, uh, to set that day. Because it says in the it says in the uh, in the script, mm -hmm. like he starts tearing up, and I and I said, I, I told Laura, I was like, I have, I just, I don't know, it's a thing that I still really am not good at. I, I you know, crying on cue, and she goes, Kevin, just because it says it doesn't mean you. I mean, like, you know, it's if it happens, it happens. It's you know, it doesn't as long mm -hmm. as the as long as you you know you're feeling something it's and it's and it's there then crying is like a uh it's like a byproduct like it's it may happen um now obviously there are times on set where the director needs you to cry. <laughs> but that's where um i found that you know a lot of sets you know use uh the tear stick Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, wow, that's amazing. Okay, because some people just have a problem crying mm -hmm. on cue. And it's, I think it comes from, a, a, I mean, there's a lot of men out there that are really good at it. I'm not saying that mm -hmm. everybody uh, can't, like all guys can't cry on cue, uh, but it's difficult. Um, yeah. And it's, it's uh yeah it can so the tear stick definitely helps yeah sometimes and thank you uh for sharing that uh i i was hoping that that you would because it it's something that people need to know that hey there are many ways of getting there and one is not better than another it doesn't have anything to do with how good uh, of an actor you are it's just these are different you know uh, tools of the trade Mm -hmm. And when uh, I remember specifically, you know, having to uh, in not in an audition, I already got the part 
uh, it was kind of a table read, and the director uh, kind of moved the uh, the tables out. He said, "All right, let's let's play." And you know, uh, Alan, go ahead. Uh, you know, I'm gonna try the scene, and we blocked it out. And I immediately realized that the scene that he wants me to just do on the spot is the scene where the character is broken down and he's crying because his daughter just committed suicide and he just found out about it. I'm like, okay, that's great. <laughs> let's let's try that because I did not know, you know, whether I was uh, the the uh, the actor that could cry on cue. Um, and immediately kind of the the technique that came to mind is one of uh, one of the acting coaches that i had uh, class with um at that time was uh, showing us a breathing technique and he basically uh, said that if you when you're breathing a little bit more rapidly when you get to that point you kind of have this emotion swelling up uh just from a physical chemical reaction and then you get yeah. because i found that uh, if I snap in, going to the substitution method, if I snap in to a particular uh, painful thing that happened to me or substitute, you know, I have a daughter, uh, God forbid, you know, something happens to her. So it's yeah. easy to get there, but it comes and goes. So different takes, you know, some takes were really strong, some takes were not. And it was not, it was not a, uh, you know, a constant uh, thing that I could just step into because at some point you just process those emotions, you let them go, and it doesn't right. it doesn't have that same hole. So the breathing technique worked for me at that moment where I was you know thrown on the spot of having yeah, to that's do it. A, yeah, the breathing. Uh, I I uh, I think I encountered that just by like just uh, trying something different. I had never heard it, and I the what I was working on before everything shut down uh, involved you know, some breaking down stuff. Um, I still couldn't cry on cue still, but the heavy breathing definitely helped me get there. At least, you know, maybe the tears weren't coming, but you know, the emotion was still inside because like you said, it just, you know, yeah. it's almost like, a, um, I remember an acting class. I did a scene from the departed, uh, mm. where Leonardo DiCaprio is, um, He's talking to his therapist who he eventually has a relationship with yep. and he needs and he needs pills. Um, so before we did the scene, Lon was like, all right, Kevin, I want you to go outside and I want you to sprint. Go sprint down the street and then sprint back and then come in and do the scene. Because if you're because if you're just exhausted and you mm -hmm. can't breathe, um, I mean, well, you can breathe, but like you're like, you can't put up the barriers, which is uh, because that's how I mean, that's how you you wall you wall yourself off is mm -hmm. um, to emotion. Like, but if you're if you're like, you know, panting and trying to catch your breath from just sprinting, yeah. you can't you you don't have the energy to put up that barrier. So yeah. the emotion's gonna come. Um, so that was a great uh, thing that to that I learned. Um, so sometimes like I would jog in place uh, for the thing that I was doing before mm -hmm. everything shut down for a scene. 
because I had to be as, you know, a certain, it was a heightened moment in the scene. So I'm just like jogging in place before they roll camera um, and say action. So that definitely helped. But I think it all stemmed. I mean, what makes it hard for a lot of guys, I think, is, uh, you know, when we grow up, we're told, you know, got you know boys don't cry boys are tough boys are this boys are that so we just we put those walls up and they they build over time and eventually it's just like a huge barrier that you just kind of bust through you know as uh you know when you get in the acting world because like some of the best actors are kids um, because they have no, they have no filter. Um, you know, they, they just, they want, so like, they're going to find a way to get whatever they want. Like if they're hungry, they're going to show you they're hungry. They're going to cry. Um, they don't think about like, oh, well, that's not, that's not manly. I can't do that. Those are things that we, that we create, you know, through years and years of being taught boys don't cry boys mm-hmm. boys are tough you know yeah. and you just have to break those things down when you get into acting and become more kid like almost you know like that's why it's called a play you got to you're supposed to play and it's hard to play when you got those barriers up yep yeah, yeah. it's and that's that's why <sighs> You know, that's where training comes in and uh, you really kind of just have to work on it and you have to break through those barriers uh, and understand how you can do that repeatedly. And, you know, we're always going to be guarding one way or another, but Mm -hmm. how to let that down when you need it, uh, that's that's the training part. I I completely agree with you. I, I keep thinking back and maybe I'm going to find it and kind of insert, do a little insert here. But uh, I remember watching somebody did something like, you know, how actors uh, cry and somebody did a little, you know, kind of a thing where, uh, you know, a guy is supposed to be in a scene where his wife is dying and she's laying in a hospital he's supposed to be crying. So right before that shot, they're showing him getting a kick in the nuts. Mario Luisa. No te mueras, por favor. And that's how, you know, some people, you know, get get those tears. I do not suggest <laughs> that in practice. Uh, Jason, kick me in the nuts. Jason might, actually. I, I, he, he's, he is a good guy, but I think Jason is the kind of guy that, they, that may go for that and do that for <laughs> uh, the other thing, last thing, I'm crying that uh, I found that works in in case somebody else needs uh, another approach is uh, before the scene. Uh, the videos uh, for me, the videos that always make me cry are the videos of military, you know, uh, 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 dads coming home and surprising their kids, mm-hmm. um, uh, and those are the videos that immediately kind of uh, get get that emotion. So, you know, sometimes that's where I go. Then before the scene, I would go and kind of <clears throat> watch, watch those videos. They're not long and it, it gets kind of me on the right uh, frequency. So I'm not quite there, but I'm, you know, ready. Uh, and sometimes, you know, that, uh, that is helpful. So 
Yeah, that that uh, I could see that working as well. Um, I I tried uh, the movie Interstellar with uh, Matthew McConaughey. Mm-hmm. There's something about the scene mm-hmm. where they're on the planet um, where time goes by really fast and they mm-hmm. can't get back to the ship. So they they've uh, and by the time they get back on the ship, 20 years has gone by or something, mm-hmm. and he realizes how his daughter has grown up. Like he sees his daughter grow up and he sees his, uh, his son grow up through all the, through like uh, the videos that they sent him through the years to try to get in touch with him. And he was on this, but time was different. So he sees his, uh, his son have a baby and then the baby dies and then he breaks up with his wife. I like all that. And then the music in this inter- interstellar is really really good so that that's worked before um yeah, yeah like any like those kind of things like or mu- or just music in general like if you listen to a song like adele can do it sometimes for people like adele is you know a sad music sometimes uh but yeah whatever it takes uh there's all kinds of techniques for sure to pull tools tricks of the trade for sure and that's and that's the fun part right so uh um and, and i i just i want you know people watching to know that hey you know whatever works for you uh there's there's always a way to figure something out and uh don't get into the mode of viewing yourself as less than adequate in something you can figure it out and you're not the only one who's doing it so I would also say, uh, like for practice, I mean, I guess you could call it practice, but just be open. Like when you're watching TV, like this is us, you know, does it sometimes for me, but like early on, like when, uh, I got into acting and I would watch shows, like I never got emotional for some reason lately, you know, I'll be watching something and. I'm okay with letting the, you know, the emotion hit like some, like, don't be afraid to just feel if you feel something while you're watching a TV show or while you're watching a movie, mm-hmm. you know, don't, don't be, don't think you're like, you know, less than because you, you get a little emotional watching something. I think being you like, if you let that emotion just naturally come, it it also kind of helps you, like you know, when you get on set, uh, because oh yeah, okay, so I I I've cried recently, yeah, so it's not something that you know I'll just wall off. Maybe maybe it'll maybe it'll come. I don't know, just like just you got to be open to to the world around you. So yeah, yeah, um, be aware. That's it's a great point. Um, I uh, I'm gonna ask you what what you've been binging uh, during this time in a second, but yeah. just you just reminded me that I was uh, binging Madam Secretary. Um, have you watched uh, that show, Madam Secretary? I never got into that. I know what you're talking about, though. Yeah. So at the um, uh, they did a season six to kind of uh, wrap things up. I think it was you know ten episode. Uh, run just to you know give it a uh, full ending and in the penultimate episode 
there is there is a just a she becomes president uh, so it's Madam President now, and there's all sorts of uh, kind of uh, people trying to tear her down. And she looks outside, and there are just thousands and thousands of people chanting, "She's my president." And you know, just seeing all of that and kind of what she has been going through, and now being accepted and wanted by people. Boom! I'm there. That was that was uh, crying. So it's like. Being open to it absolutely will uh, will will help you uh, as a person, and then it will help you as an actor as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. So what what have you been binging now that you have uh, you know a little downtime? Oh wow! Um, so right now I'm watching Shit's Creek, uh, oh. which is yes. incredible. Like I, they won all those awards at the Emmys, and I had heard of the show, mm. but I'd never watched it. So I was yeah. like, all right, I guess I need to watch this, see what it's all about. And yeah, I'm on I'm on the last season. I think I'm on episode eight or nine of season six. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's just been an incredible show. Um, there's some emotional moments in there for sure. Uh, like like when David and Patrick uh, like when Patrick's singing to him at the at the open mic night. That was pretty emotional. That was like, wow. Yeah. Um, but uh, what else am I watching? Uh, I just finished uh, this new show, Utopia, on Amazon. Um, let's see. Ratchet. Saw that on Netflix with Sarah Paulson about like the pre, almost like a prequel to One Blue of the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah. Okay. I know that one. Yeah. I haven't watched it, but. Yeah, yeah okay. that, was, that was good. It's got like, it's a, uh, um, oh, what's his name? Ryan, uh, Ryan Murphy, Ryan Murphy, I think. Is he uh, the one that does American Horror Story? All those shows? Sound, sounds, sounds right. Hey, yeah. Was Ryan Murphy the guy that did Glee and that did a bunch of the other ones? Does he? Maybe. Um, Could be but, the same. Uh, we'll look it up. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that that was really good. Definitely had an American Horror Story kind of feel, mm-hmm. Hitchcock kind of feel. Um, what else? Uh, oh man, stuff comes out like every week. I know. Just started watching the second volume of Unsolved Mysteries. So yeah, that's nice. So that's that's uh, that's kind of uh, your genre. You like this, uh, you know, uh, mystery. Uh, I mean. Uh, Putting Shit's Creek aside for a second, but you, know, <laughs> you seem to be gravitating oh, towards it. Oh, I'm watching Hellstrom right now uh, yeah. on Hulu. Um, yeah, that's good. It's a new Marvel show. Yeah. Nice. Very cool. Um, check out The Boys uh, if, if you oh, have. Duh, The Boys. I'm. I. Yeah. See, that's how there's so many shows that right. I can't think of all the shows. The Boys was incredible. Uh, all caught up, finished season two. Um, Ted Lasso. Have you seen Ted Lasso on Apple with Jason no. Sudeikis? I so I have the subscription, but I haven't turned it on yet. So there are so many shows, like The Morning Show. I know I'm gonna watch. Yeah, uh, there's good. there's a bunch of stuff that uh, that I know I need to be watching. But Ted Lasso is a feel good, like it's a show that we need right now. It's uh, it's yeah. funny. It's heartwarming. 
Um, it's got emotion. Uh, like you, you, uh, you go through the emotions with Ted Lasso in the mm -hmm. show. Uh, mm -hmm. And Mumford and Sons does a lot of the songs, which is one of my favorite bands. So that's really cool. Um, uh, have you, uh, you know, going back to Shit's Creek for a second, there is another uh, really great Canadian comedy uh, called Kim's Convenience. Um, it's, uh, it's on Netflix. Uh, you may want to check that out. Okay. It's about, uh, it's about, you know, people, uh, who run a convenience stores, uh, store, um, in Toronto, pretty sure it's Toronto, uh, and, you know, kind of the family it's, it's really, you know, another one that's, that's really funny, but has a ton of heart to it. So I think it's the number one comedy in, uh, for the last, you know, four or five years now in, in Canada. So check that oh, one out. Over Shit's Creek. Wow. Uh, those two were kind of the, the big uh, ones. Uh, uh, Kim's became, I think, uh, well known before because it's on CBC. And then uh, Schitt's Creek, it took a little bit of time for it to, uh, to kind of not find its group because I thought it was amazing from season one, but for more and more people to, uh, to tune into it. And, uh, you know, it ended up, you know, winning all the Emmys. But Kim's Convenience took a ton of uh, stuff and they've done it over the past you know, number of years. So uh, the ton of awards, it's, it's pretty sure it's still number one comedy in, uh, in Canada. So okay, uh, check it out. Um, yeah, very, very cool. Um, few more things in terms of, um, in terms of quotes, are there any quotes that, you know, kind of stick with you and that help you uh, go through life? Oh, wow. Um, let's see. I might be paraphrasing it, but uh, yeah. when it comes to like, you know, auditions and, you know, you know, wanting to book the job, mm -hmm. uh, Brian Cranston said in an interview, um, just remember like when you, uh, when you're going in for the, you're, you know, you're going into the audition, going in to the audition is the job and uh you gotta and then wait how's that oh man yeah oh okay you're not you're not going in for a job going in is the job so you gotta have that mind that little switch in your when in your brain uh so i might have butchered that phrase but that's one um and then I've seen Dustin Hoffman's uh, Inside the Actor's Studio interview a number of times. It's been a while. I might watch that again recently, soon. Um, but I think at the end when he's talking to James Lipton, he uh, he's talking about um, like being a painter. Like if a painter, uh, um, if I was on the street and I was and I was painting and somebody. Uh, took away my uh my paint board i would paint on the sh i would paint on the uh i would paint on the concrete mm -hmm. if somebody took away uh um what is it if somebody took away my paint brushes i would uh i would spit on my i would spit on my finger and draw on the wall I'm 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 completely butchering it. It's it's a lot longer and it's a lot more poetic, but basically meaning if he 
he meant basically even if he wasn't making money doing it he would still be doing it kind of deal i know i butchered the hell out of that if you google it i'm sure it's i'm sure it's online somewhere yeah yeah. Well, we'll find it and we're going to put it right below the uh, the video um, so everybody it's at, the end of inside, it's at the end of his interview and inside the actor studio. I know that it's I yeah. was spittle, if I was in a cave and I was butt naked and I only and I had nothing, I would spit on my hand. I would spit on my finger and draw on the wall like that's how determined to, uh, you know, continue being an actor, even if he never you know got the uh um uh his big break which was uh the graduate like if he had never gotten that he -hmm. said he would he's like i would absolutely still be doing it i would be teaching or something so yeah no if if it's yours it's yours and that uh you know there's no there's no going away from it it's it's who you are or you're not um i i equate it to one of my friends when we were in high school, uh, he was uh, about to have a date uh, with this girl and he came to me, he's like, dude, okay, so we have like, you know, half an hour, teach me how to be a gentleman. I said, well, you know, I, I can, I can, you know, teach you a few things. I can, you know, tell you to open the door and do all the other stuff, but you're either a gentleman or you're not. So same thing with, uh, with actor or anything else that, you know, people are passionate about. You either are or you're not. The rest is mechanics and determination. So, mm-hmm. Anyway, um, last question. So uh, I know you're still, you know, you've been doing this for, you know, 10, 15 years now, but uh, you're still uh, at the kind of beginning of your acting career. So if you had a chance to go, uh, you know, and talk to Kevin as he was just starting out and starting to take some classes and from your current vantage point offer one bit of acting advice, what would that be? Oh, uh, get out of your own way. Stay, you know, just just love what you're doing and don't overthink it and work at your craft and and uh, yeah, just get out of your own way because that's as actors we that's what we tend to do. We we tend to get in our own way. Um, yeah, and we should just just be and you know things and good things will happen yeah um thanks you just helped me come up with the uh with the title for this episode it will be don't overthink it don't overthink it there you go (laughs) which all us actors do oh absolutely (laughs) i i am in that boat and i have to try desperately uh to get out of my head all the time um thank you kevin it was it was uh it was a joy uh i really I'm happy that you came on and I'm really happy that you shared some of the insight things that are happening that people don't often hear about. So very kind of you. Thank you, Alan. Appreciate it. Yeah. And thanks to everybody for tuning in into another episode of The Love of Acting. We know you love it as much as we do. We know you're geeks like we are. So we really appreciate you watching along with us. Thank you. (laughs) 